And we are back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I am your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode of the High Button Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Fellas, sit down for a sec. I got to talk to you. You know, let's be honest here. You know, shaving down there, down below, it can be a little bit difficult. You know, you got to get underneath that cup. You got to go to the right. You got to go to the left. You got to shave on top. That's why Manscaped has perfected the ball hair trimmer. They've spent the past 18 months perfecting this beautiful product that they call a ball hair trimmer. It's the best ever created. It's waterproof. You can bring it in the shower. No more razors. No more going to the grocery store to buy expensive razors. Manscaped lasts you up to 90 minutes on a full charge. Okay, we're all guilty of cutting ourselves. This thing is incredible. They've sent some over to High Button Sports. All of our balls are clean shaven, smooth as a baby's bottom. They've also given us a promo code HB Sports, so you can get 20% off your order. Head over to the website now, manscaped.com. Use the promo code HB Sports to get 20% off your order and get your down below looking nice and smooth. Ladies, maybe your man's not shaving down there. That's all right. And you maybe you don't want to bring it up in conversation. Here's what you do. You go get him a Manscaped. You go to the website, use the promo code HB Sports, and then he'll start using it. You don't have to have that awkward conversation. He'll just get the hint right away. So remember, fellas, HB Sports, use the promo code 20% off your order. I highly recommend it. I use it every day in the shower. Gets you, you know, makes you feel fresh. You walk out the door, fresh set of balls, you're good to go. Manscaped, remember, promo code HB Sports. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Trevor Steinberg. Trevor has been the head coach of the St. Mary's men's hockey team for the past 23 years. On top of that, he was drafted in the NHL by the Quebec Nordiques first round, 15th overall, playing with guys like Joe Sackick, uh, Claude Julien. He, he's an absolute legend when it comes to the sport of hockey here in the Halifax area. Uh, also playing for the Halifax Citadels in the AHL. I, uh, to be quite honest with you, the only team that I know from around here that packs crowds with the Mooseheads. So I'd love to talk to Trevor about what was, uh, you know, what, what was it like back in the day when the Halifax Citadels were here playing? Um, I also want to talk about the days when he was in the OHL playing for the London Knights, Guelph, and then of course his time with the Quebec Nordiques playing with Joe Sack. Like, come on, that, that, that's a legend in himself right there. Um, but Trevor, like I said, he's been the head coach of St. Mary's for the past 23 years coaching some of the you know the best athletes that come through this uh this beautiful city of ours so we're excited to have trevor on the podcast uh i'm justin dudes is going to be here and we're talking to trevor this is the high button podcast you know what comes next here we go all, all right. right am i good yeah. trev steiny coach what do you want to be called steiny's good steiny welcome yeah. to the show he stole my thing i was gonna call him coach but all right, you call him coach. Yeah, I know, but you know, you just took it right. It was the moment thing. So, Steiny, <laughs> welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. How's retirement treating you? It looks well on you. Uh, it's been a, it's, it's been good. Yeah? It's been good. Yeah, I mean, I certainly feel horrible about the whole COVID thing and everybody, but I know. That's I, uh, as soon as I, I did, I went and bought a boat, and I've been kind of just doing my thing. So that's what you do in retirement, though. You you go buy a boat, or you buy a car, or you buy a cottage, or something. That's just the thing to do, right? That, that's what makes it official. That's what makes it official. <laughs> but yeah, it, it wasn't a new boat, trust me. But it was, uh, yeah, it's been pretty pretty cool so so far. So. What, what kind of boat? Like a pontoon, like a, a ski boat. Pontoon's more my style. Yeah, pontoon. But I ended up getting some nineteen and a half foot that. 
I don't know. It's it's a bow ride or something, but it, it's it's fun to goof around on. But I yeah. still haven't still haven't got my license. I still haven't. Got, <laughs> we have the boat though. That's step I got one. Got the boat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matt's got his license, or he's a couple days away from it. So oh, it'll really? Be, it'll be good when he gets it. Then I can be a passenger. What a uh, what a change of events, eh? He'll be driving you now. All of a sudden, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, and he, he'll need to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he'll teach yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so like the, the retirement, it, it kind of came, it didn't come out of nowhere, but I don't know, I guess people weren't really talking about it, but when everyone saw it in Chronicle Herald that you were retiring and it, it said that you're going to focus more on Matt and your family, what, what does that include? Like in, in helping your son reach that next step, I guess. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it's more my interest that I haven't, Matt's been away playing at St. Andrews for two years and he goes to Cornell and I really haven't seen him play. So that's just one thing that i'd like to do is i'd like to get down and watch him play he's sure. you know yeah. he's got minimum you know three years left type thing to to play university hockey and i'm that's if he passes so <laughs> and you know the probably the just as big an issue is is i have both my parents are back home and dad's uh, dad's failing with the alzheimer's so he's you yeah. know the lights are flicking a little bit mm -hmm. so he knows me and my brother and for the most part things real close but yeah. he's losing it fast so i yeah. but it's too bad because i can't go there right now really and visit true. But, you know it's certainly what i want to do and my mom's kind of the same position her memory's not as bad but she's yeah. she's getting she's she's wearing down it's at that age yeah they're up in their high 80s so yeah well yeah. they're chasing your hockey career around for a long time too right so <laughs> that wears <laughs> yeah, on them, I'm well, sure. yeah they 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 certainly did but uh yeah, I was going to say my, my mom was, she wasn't much into the rough stuff. So she was, yeah, she didn't follow it that closely. <laughs> That's like such a mom thing, though, I feel like when I was a kid, too, getting, you know, because I was mouthy and stuff like that. So I always got pushed around and I was small, but my mom would never come to the game until she knew that I could handle that side of it. It was like the first 10 or 11 years, maybe yeah. 12 years, she yeah. would not go to the rink because she was terrified of the violence, right? And then all of a sudden they just kind of, okay, I understand that you can handle this now. So I'll start going. Well, yeah, and I was, uh, my mom drove a long way one time, watched me play junior, and I, I literally, I I got thrown out in like the first three or four shifts, just, you know, just kind of the rule, the instigator, whatever, no, eh, London, London I was playing for, and yeah, she's watched me a couple times where it didn't go well, she wasn't all that proud of me, Yeah. Um, and my dad kind of the same, but it was kind of funny now that they're both a little bit, you know, got, got older and so right. forth, it's okay for Matt to play like that, but it wasn't for me. You know, I was supposed to. You yeah, paved the way for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he's on a gravel road right now. <laughs> is he like, is he the rough, tough style? Like, I, I haven't seen him play in a while. I think the last time I watched him actually play was maybe in his first year midget. And, but I don't remember it ever being really that rough. Maybe it's just the style of game today, or I'm not sure. No, I don't think. I think that's probably if nothing more probably why there was interest in him is because he has a, an edge to his game nice. a little bit, probably gets it honestly. Um, there are, you know, there are more skilled players out there, but they've gone so far to, you know, letting the little guys and so forth and all the mm -hmm. obstruction and so forth that they, a lot of the NHL teams or yeah. the hockey feel that maybe they've lost that element and the guys got rid of their tough guys a little yeah. bit. So now yeah. there's nobody regulating except for the refs on some things. So yeah. they like the Tom Wilson type and a few of these guys. So yeah. I think they're going a little bit that direction. Some teams are mm -hmm. and some teams aren't at all, but that's certainly part of his game. Yeah. And it's, I'll be honest, it's a part of the game that, you know, I felt that I 
I was more proud of myself for sticking up for my teammates and putting right. in a good effort than I was if I got a goal or not. Because you can't always, you know, you can't guarantee a goal, but you can guarantee you're going to play hard. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's true. It's a, it's a big thing to bring to the table. And if you can bring that edge every single night, like you said, the teams nowadays, I think if you just listen to the fans alone, they want that aggressiveness back. They want the tough guys back. They want that part of the game. And it's just something that isn't really taught. Like you said, he almost got it, right? It was almost something that he got from you probably, which is just kind of weird how it works. Yeah, yeah, it was probably just how we practiced, he and I in the backyard. <laughs> True, and he would grow up with playing against men too because you've been at SMU for such a long time that, you know, his first interactions of real hockey, I'm sure he was out on the ice with you. He, uh, yeah, and that's one benefit of being a coach is, you know, hockey guys, I still say this as much as we're getting dragged through the mud a little bit now, mm-hmm. best guys around really, you know, as they're pr- the process of growing up and so forth. So to have your son almost raised by, you know, the hockey players, but university guys, yeah. for what people would say, ooh, he shouldn't have seen that, yeah. I disagree. He saw it all. He was allowed to see it. He saw the emotions. He saw guys that didn't work hard, what happened to them. Mm. And he, and he watched guys that just came in here as nothing, like a Sean O'Donnell ends up playing, you know, playing yeah. professionally for years. Or yeah. nowhere. And when that light, when that, Guy, guys like that check so many boxes for him. I think it's kind of good evidence that if I ever want to play at any height type of level, I'm going to have to play hard. It allows you to grow up. Once you see that surrounding and you see guys go through adversity, it allows you to grow up quicker. Not even at that level, at any level. If you're around grown men playing a sport and you mm. see a little bit of, not controversy, but adversity, it helps Ups you for downs, sure. That kind of stuff. I think yeah. the one thing that would help too is, like you said, the benefit of being a coach is not only is he getting to see this, but he's hearing the side of it from you too i'm sure you go home and talk about it or he, you've talked about it in the rink but he gets to hear along with the visual part of it too oh. and that kind of puts it all together for you i was gonna say he's seen it like triple x like he's been sitting there after i've lost two straight games and you know after 23 years let's face it there's been a few guys who've phoned the next day about ice or phoned it about there or this or that there's or always something you get that at that issue. level at aus level once in a while you do or something's happened where you know you have to talk to a player and you know really? sometimes you don't realize your son's sitting right next to you but you get off you know i can remember tons of when i'm not even trying to be funny i remember tons of time getting off the phone i said if you ever put your coach through that i said i'll knock you out i said it's just it's bad. I thought you that stuff shut ended your there. mouth. You? Yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, I've I've never had a lot of it. You know what I mean? But there yeah. are some guys that legitimately and hey, just because a player comes, you know, complain doesn't mean they're wrong all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, in fact, I just got a guy Mike Dawson actually a long time ago. My first my, my first year coaching, yeah. I dragged him out of the dressing room. He sent me a text this morning, and literally said, "You you benched me in the third period because I took a penalty in the second. And I was sour, and I can remember asking you, why did I sit? You know, I'm brought in here to be a leader. I'm doing my MBA at Pemacadia. And my only answer, I don't, I don't remember it at all, yeah, well, but my only answer was, well, if I can bench you, I can bench anybody, so maybe that'll put the dressing room, you know. And it's a good answer. He thought, I thought it was a good answer if that's what I gave him, <laughs> but my response back was, but I probably just didn't see the penalty. <laughs> just, uh, it's your only answer, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, know. I don't yeah. remember that. <laughs> so much happens for you, like, too, for you as a coach to have to try and pick up on everything and remember this and remember that and remember that. Like, it's, it's just one of those things that no one really gives that much respect to, you know what I mean? Because you don't see it. Yeah. 
during this time right now, what is it right now, June? What would you be doing if you were still the head coach? Would you be recruiting or would you be relaxing? Like, what what's going on in the month of June right now as a head coach for a, a hockey team in the AUS? Com- comes with mixed because I'm not a pa- I'm not patient in any way. So I almost this time of year right now, I would be recruiting. I'd be stressed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah because there's so many kids. Well, I'm going to see these five schools, and then I'd like to come and see you. And you're going, oh well, I don't know if that can work because I need to, I need to make decisions on some kids. And you're always you're always put in a position. Do you do you take that kid right there that's yeah. a B player right now, or do you wait a week or two and try for the A player? And you see it all the time. At the last minute, the kid goes someplace else. You go to the B player, who you thought was the B player, and he's gone somewhere else because he didn't want to wait, and then. You might find out that the B player was actually better, Ugh. so it's 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 not a fun time of year. It's actually better during the season, I think, because you can somewhat control things. Where recruiting's recruiting can get difficult. And is it is it almost difficult in the back of your mind knowing that there's some guys on the brink of you know maybe going to pro, maybe going to the coast, maybe going to A throughout the year, knowing okay maybe my top three centermen there's a possibility that mid December they could be gone. Does that ever weigh on you as a coach? Or it doesn't that way. I think. When I when he, when some of the players start talking in May and June, I might go to the coast. Yeah. I usually, not in a negative way, wash my hands because if a kid at that point still is, you know, pushing that fork in the road, right, to play for four or five hundred dollars yeah. a week and not yeah. valuing his school, you know, I I'd rather go after the kids. I am one hundred percent going to school. Yeah, it's just a matter of which one. That tells me that he's focused and that he wants. So I'll play. I'll go after that player harder than the guy that's you know kind of sniffing around at the east coast so do you find there's ever like a change in their play like if you if you hear the rumblings about oh i'm going to the coast or like you said they're still trying to push that road in their career do you find that ever affects their play or their the way they're you know around the team or anything like that well i don't find guys once they get here will leave and yet when i say that i had a couple kids last summer which which was not fun you know you take a call in august and you know half your scoring just walks out because they you know Shit. went to to europe uh, you know what i mean another one to somewhere else yeah that that was that was that made me angry i mean i felt bad for the guys in the team sometimes they'll go yeah you know sometimes those guys will go oh you know because kids today they don't want to be pointing a finger right yeah. right even for what's right but yeah. uh, you know i think if you're going to make a commitment after two years and you just leave you know you made a commitment to those guys too and you know yeah. you're leaving for an nhl contract that's one thing but to pack up in yeah. august bail on everybody now last year ended up being one of the most enjoyable years we had because we brought in some good quality kids even though we're in a little bit of panic mode to get them but we ended up you know with kind of what does that mean sam king type what does that mean well you lose two kids in august most kids have already made oh sorry okay okay yeah so all of a sudden you're scrambling here it's not like you just lost two kids yeah three you 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 lost you know what arguably could be an all-star lineup you know an all-star line so it was two of the top guys Oh yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. And then, and then even even Garland, you know, Garland left in it right around the draft. So, you know, God love Gar, but I mean, he's you know the day before the draft. I mean, I'm finally, you know, penciling out, guys out in. somewhere yeah. on a little bit of a holiday, yeah. and then you find out later that you know, but you know, the team said yeah. if you don't if you want this American League deal, you got to sign it right now. It's got an East Coast clause on it. So there's a little bit of bullying going on up there, if that's what you want to call it. But you know. Pro people are are good people, but they're there for as long as they're successful. Yeah, it's business. And they, you know, they're not worried about if they take a kid out of school early if yeah. he's good. Doesn't even cross their mind. No, 
So because why would it? Right? You, you're, at that point, you're really you're really hoping that some parents step in and just say, "Bud, come on, man, you know what you're giving away?" Because you just don't turn 27, 28, 29, decide yeah. you're going to go sit in a class on your own meal ticket and your yeah. own money. Yeah. And go back to school sitting in a classroom with 18 year olds yeah just doesn't happen and exactly. it's and it's expensive i was asking this question to uh to ants the assistant coach of cape breton and about when he whenever he talks to scouts the questions that he gets asked and a lot of the questions are about the the actual person and not the hockey player because they he, he likes to think that if you're a scout or a coach you, you can you know you, you played in the nhl you you know what it takes to be a good hockey player you know what a, a guy consists of of being on the ice do you ever look and talk to scouts and talk to coaches and be like what's he like as a person to bring him into your organization just to make sure your job's a lot easier knowing that the guys you know he's going to fit in well with the room is that ever a question that you ask you you you, you just about hit it right on the screws <laughs> there when i first got the job yeah all i had to go on was tier two kids so I went with the well, only thing I had. You know, it wasn't like it was smart management. It was just good luck. <laughs> you know, the Chad Murrays and guys like this that played tier two for me. Mm. Well, they came. Well, they knew what I was like. Got rid of some guys when I got here and kept a few of them. The Doug Duels and guys like Doug that, Duel. so forth like that. Because you knew they were good quality guys. So I did that for a few years and was just there. But I'll be honest, I got away from it. I didn't consciously but i got away from for a little bit because if you want to compete with the big boys you got to land a couple studs you got to have the big boys yeah sometimes the studs have egos yep and uh we we got some of them and we won Uh, but they were uh, we were so lucky you know rancourt munden you know the hawtham brothers yes you know yeah you think of those guys thornton fergus you know verge all of these guys were they ended up being just great guys when we lost those guys, we were kind of stealing, okay, we need to defend this. And uh, nothing wrong with the kids, but we didn't get that blue-collar guys back for a few years. And then you smarten up and you realize, not that I loved all my teams, but right. just the lost that element of, you Well, know, you have that I'm element to... that makes you successful, and then all of a sudden you kind of lose the big part of that, and, you're, and it, it doesn't matter. Mentally, you're going, okay, now we have to regain that to compete again at that same level yeah when, when does that set in for you though like when do you like as soon as you win a championship you're like oh shit now i gotta figure this out for next year again like do you do you enjoy it do you celebrate well, or does it wait do you wait till the hangover the next day like how does that work well i waited till the hangover the next day and the next day and the next but it was on my mind the whole time yeah i'll be honest yeah it's 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 on your mind the whole time. Like, yeah, if you sit around celebrating, you got to start recruiting because you've gone so far in the playoffs that everybody else is landing players and yeah. you don't have time because you're concentrating on your run, on the task at hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a different process. But, uh, you know, when you get some of the kids that just don't have that style, and let's face it, there's not a lot of kids out there today that are willing to just constantly just take the body, take the body, take the Throw body. The line, yep. Everybody wants this skill and skill. And I get all that, but there are a lot of players that got a ton of skill that aren't in the National Hockey League. And there are a lot of guys that have made it that have just been really hard to play against. There's lots of those guys. And that's that's what you need. And I watched the, the, uh, the Nationals when we won it that year. You always go back and watch. They have a couple profile tapes on it. Mm-hmm. And the game before that uh, we played against Manitoba, and I can show you our best players were running the hell out of guys, taking big hits, giving big hits. Oh. You would have thought that blocking shots that, you know, could have hurt them, you know, 
yeah. you know, that face first yeah. moment for you almost. Right. You know and, what I yeah. mean? And I think they all learn something about themselves that way. Where's you know, and I some guys don't want to play that way. Yeah. And yet I go, if you do, man, you just have no idea how good you'll feel because every game, win or lose, you come in and you go, There's nothing more. I emptied the tank. Yeah. But you know, some of these some guys that are just pure scorers can say, Man, I missed that one, you know. Did the flamingo out at the blue line? Well, yeah, <laughs> but that, it's like I, I was gonna say it. I I know I chirped them because I I hated guys like that. I was I consider myself to be the blue collared box shots. It was really the only way to succeed on teams, right? But when you see your top guys playing that way, it, it's almost like you just have to as as the bottom guys or the bottom six guys or whatever. If your leaders are playing like this, you're th- you're looking at yourself in the mirror and your buddy and going shit. This like these guys are doing this now. It's time for us to do it. it but pro- I feel like that's contagious. the hardest thing to. I feel like that's the hardest thing to accomplish and get is getting your top six guys to, you know, oh, you just want to, you man. just said you want to not, well, you know, you said you did, you won a national championship and that was kind of the recipe. The top six guys were given hits, receiving hits and <laughs> you know, I, 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 we, I've said this for years and I mean, I wear it out because not I scream it at them. I write it at them. I write <clears> it everywhere. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's all about what sacrifices you're going to make. It's mm-hmm. all about doing things you don't want to do. And I'm, that's what I keep saying. You know, I keep saying to Matt and his buddies here that he hangs out with. You know, we have a 2,000 group that's pretty close here. Guys, you got to do stuff you don't want to do to be good. It's not all that's just, you know, you don't just pick up your driver and hit 350 yards right. and go, okay, I'm good. I love doing that and don't practice putting. You know, you got to do things you don't want to do. And and it's been such a, a a focus on our program. And that's what I've said. And, you know, be who you want to be. If you didn't like who you were yesterday – you know, because you didn't block the shot or you're, you're questioning what your teammates think, well, it doesn't take much to lie down in front of a shot. And they always say, you know, the one that doesn't hit, you should hurt more than the one that does. Yeah. But you, I've seen some guys, O'Donnell's, and I don't, he may have had it, but there are a lot of guys that have come through as one certain player in this program, and next Wait, thing so you know, they're blocking shots and multiple shots on one thing, you know, hitting, doing everything, and leaving it all on the ice. And, yeah. you know, those are the guys that I think are the true winners, whether they make it in hockey or not. You got yeah, one. I got that, that kind of that holds that just kind of gave me chills just picturing every time you said lay down and block shot I was picturing a guy like blocking shot getting up partner pass goes over blocks that shot he's got no stick like I don't know it's just like I don't want to sound weird but that's almost like poetry you know what I mean it's just like that's what the fu- the crowd's all fired up the team's fired up the goalie now is fired up it's just like it's a beautiful I love thing. that stuff well I, I think anybody that you know is making a true sacrifice for you or you know that's who your friends are. Like I've mm-hmm. said, you know, everybody's nice nowadays. I find, like, I know what's all going on, but, you know, kids go to school. Hey, what's that kid? Like, oh, he's a pretty good kid. You know, yeah, everything's yeah. good. Everything's fine. You know what I mean? He's good you know, I'm saying, you pick your friends <laughs> like you're walking home some yeah. night in the bar and five guys circle you. Yeah. Right. How many guys are running? Yeah. How many guys are staying there? How many guys are going to take a shit kicking for you? Yeah. How many guys are make those sacrifices? Yeah, How many people are going to stand up for you in a room full of people when everybody's shitting on you? Those are the things, and I just think that takes kids of this age out of their comfort level a lot. Definitely, sure. And you guys know at your age, that's how you value your friends, mm-hmm. and that's how you value your teammates, that's yeah. how you value everybody. So when you're thinking about leaving an era or something, you think of, I can th- look I can look back at players and just go, I love that kid, man. Like, he's just a warrior. And someone say, we well, got like a two goals in three years. Yeah, but. He was a warrior, man. I could take him anytime, anytime. It's funny how you remember guys like yeah. that too, right? Like obviously everybody remembers the guy that scores 100 goals and the goalie that put up 36 shutouts, but it's like you're going to remember that blue-collar warrior guy, guy that's that, out yeah. there just mucking yeah. it up for the guy beside him, you know? Yeah, you, he comes back at the bench and you're, you're right giving him an ice pack. The other guy, you're changing his diapers because <laughs> you know, someone looked him off or something. You know, 
I don't know why kids uh, today don't get a little more angry at yeah. that because there's there's so many opportunities out there that kids don't realize what they've got if they put out a little bit more. Kids put out a little bit more in school, a little bit more in everything, how much better things would be. Do you find that them. it's like some pe- some kids, and some, not even just kids, just some people are scared to take that extra effort due to you could possibly fail. So if I give my best and fail, it's kind of like a scary thing where you're you're just like, okay, I'm doing pretty good right here, but if I go here, I could either fail for it for me or it's going to work 100%. And I think that might be one of the big things these days too, especially without the aggressiveness in the game where you're not told to get angry and channel your energy out there like you used to. You know, it was like if you have an issue, go do deal with it on the ice. And now it's just like I just find it kind of like, yeah, it's not really there anymore, you know? It's like it, it's like anything we got to make we got to make i think making yourself better something you're proud of but you know if you studied in school right you were a nerd yeah well i mean how dumb is that <laughs> if you work your ass off in hockey and hit everything and do everything the coach says you're a nerd figure that out yeah but like that's yeah. but the only ones that are calling them the nerds and i always call them those are the ducks they're the ducks they're and i know if anybody's listening they're crying right now because i got an eagle and duck thing that's over the top <laughs> but you know i'm telling you like ducks are the ones that just swim in the pond and whine and complain and they have the biggest groups but you know it's Damn. the guys that are willing to take off on their own and say i want that and i'm chasing it and i'm Shit. going after it man you know and i don't give you i don't care what you think i'm i'm going for it i love that yeah, you got to be a little t- messed up to make it in in a sport now. I think you in anything, to, in anything, to be a standout, you have to you be know, obsessed. Every, every, everyone's the same. I don't know, not everyone's the same, but if you look around in society, a lot of people are the same. They're walking the same. They're doing the same things. If if you're that standout, it's difficult for some people. Absolutely. Even if it's in hockey, even if it's in business, even if it's in in anything, music. You know, you're trying to make a different sound. Anything. If to be a standout, you got to be a little brave. You got to be a little nuts. You got to be a little. It, it, I agree, one hundred percent. You're yeah. bordering on crazy yeah. almost. Yeah. And some people's like. Is that all you care about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's yeah, what I'm it doing. It is all I care about. And yeah. that's that's not necessarily right, but that's the only way some kids can make it. It's nice to, if you if you know that that's how you have to be, you do that. But it's like, you, I don't know, I agree. I couldn't agree more. That whole eagle duck thing, that got me too. Just like the whole blocking shots thing. I'm sitting over here with like goosebumps because I'm like, that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? I do, I, I'm picturing it as you're saying it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. And then uh, the eagle comes down and. Just does his own thing. You ever you know? say that in the room, like before a game or anything like that? It's got to be your, That's your a pump go-to. up thing, <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot said there. You try, you know, you can only run into so many things. But yeah, we go there. I just sometimes just be who you want to be, though. You know what I mean? If you, like, I wasn't at all tough. You know what I mean? I, I was supposed to be a goal scorer. You mm-hmm. know, just shoot the puck, and it was easy to shoot the puck. But every time I went up a level. I was had to kind of go to the other bench. So you're not giving me enough time to shoot here. You keep hitting me. <laughs> so you end up fighting for your ice time because you don't score every game literally fighting i had coaches come to me i had coaches come to me like literally just say if you're not scoring what the hell are you doing on the ice trying well trying i'm working show me what you're doing yeah show me a shift and show me what you did you could have hit that guy you could have back checked that guy you could have done this you could have dished the puck off you could have made a better decision you're worried about scoring worry about the rest of the game you know, worry about all of the other things, but it's 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 a hard it's a hard gig to have a coach come up and tell you this. You know, you're not scoring, so I had to basically get the crap kicked out of me to stay in the lineup. Certainly, my my first year pro was was I loved it now, but I didn't like it then. I mean, I had 400 minutes in 100 and in 68 games, including the playoffs, and everybody goes, "Are you proud of that?" Well, 
all that does is show that I was willing to do something. Did I enjoy it? No, because it's not fun getting beat up every time. No. But if you want to get on the ice, you want to be in that dressing room and you want to be a part of something, that's all I had that they needed. Yeah. They that's had the bringing, skill. Yeah. They had everything else. What they didn't have was a big dumb centerman or right winger that, that you know, the odd time could score but gave some presence. So I tried to be that, whether I was that or not. But that was the only opportunity. If you want to be in this group, that's what I had to turn into. Well, that's what it boils down to. You're either you're not doing this, so now you have to find this way to succeed. If not, you're going to play my way. You know what I mean? And then that's this is where they turn to you and they go, okay, well, here's what you're going to do now if you want to yeah. stay with the big boys. How yep. was your transition into junior hockey, into pro hockey? A lot of guys, it comes easy. A lot of guys, it's a little difficult. You just elaborated on it a little bit, but like maybe a little bit more. How, how was the actual transition from pro, from junior, excuse me, to pro? Um not not real good in the sense that I went back after my 19-year-old year. I played a game in Toronto at an exhibition game. I blew my medial collateral out. I went back, and I tried to, to rehab it. You know, I basically missed most of the year. Um, it they, they didn't evaluate it correctly. So the following year, Shit. yeah, I had more knee problems. So I really got my first year with a bad knee, and then my second year I thought was better. I got recuperated, and then I it just wore out on me, my knee. So my third year, I didn't play. Um, or my Sorry, my third year, I played in Quebec. And then after that, I, I just couldn't keep up because of my... I, I just wasn't a great skater anyways. Add a bad knee to and add mix. days off. That's what the coach said. He said, you're just not good enough that I can give you days off to recuperate and then play you. You need to skate every day. So that meant hmm. surgery. So that's a, another year and a half because it was a little bit more difficult than they thought. And then that was the... The career in the minors, which I still enjoyed, you know, I was still part say, of yeah, something. That... I know it was a little bit more my, my my speed, but again, you're still doing stuff that you don't want to do. And I guess the only thing that I guess yeah. I was happy about was as nervous or as scared as as I was, I hit it well. Right. <laughs> and you the only me. other thing I said is, is I actually had the ability to go out and have the nerve to drop my gloves and knowing I was going to get beat up. Just because I think that's what the team needed. And that's that shouldn't be something you look back on your career and say, that's my proud moment. But it almost was. No, it definitely is. It, that's a hard thing to do is to, to, like, it's one thing to fight when you're mad and you blacked out and you're pissed off at somebody. It's one thing to do that, but it's another thing to know that you're going in. We've had tons of fighters on here where that's the toughest guys you'll ever meet. But the hardest thing they had to do was to square up, drop the gloves, and potentially get their ass handed to them in front of, you know, their their buddies, their family. The fans, it's just showing up, I think, is, is most of the battle, right? And that's what your teammates look for in a good teammate. <laughs> I can remember we came to the Maritimes and we were playing and I was with Springfield at the time or, or New Haven, I can't remember, and I came up and we're in Cape Breton. We were winning. Uh -oh. And uh, there's two incidents. At one point, uh, John Cordick wanted to go and I was like uh, – not not interested. <laughs> yeah. I'd already fought him. He beat me in in, in Montreal. So, you know. so I kind of said to him, I said, "But I'm going to be you. I'm going to be paid big money to fight you, because I'm not losing and getting my salary in the minors." Right. But I can remember lining up against a Bonvi. Oh. You know, you're winning, and, and and you know, you're on a road trip. You know, you're coming back to see your buds. You know, and the, yeah. everybody's still playing here. And I can remember looking at him and say, "Dennis, but I'm." I think let's let's take this up in the third. I'd like to get a couple goals before. Classy guy. He knew he could have killed me. He oh, really? knew he could. Yeah. He just no problem. But you know, I'm just you know, you're on yeah. a seventeen day road trip and you're up in Cape Breton and 
and the there's, yeah, there's oh. five people in the rink at that point, and I'm not saying anything there. I don't mean it like like that, but yeah, that isn't the time I want Dennis Vaughn be there to, to, to yeah. not the mangle me. You know what I mean? Not in front of four people. Yeah, four and, people. and again, it was you know it, what happened the night before in in, in PEI. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a hard it's a hard gig, but you know it's it's still the best group of guys you could ever be around the, the best times because it, through all of those guys, there's more guys like that do that. And you're with the guys all the time. So it's, yeah. that's you know, what I was just going to say yeah. a 17 day road trip. Was it, that's an actual thing. Yeah. Back then it was, we'd come up, uh, we actually did it when we were here too. Certainly, certainly 14 to 17 days wasn't wow. cause you tried and stretch out, you know, nine games and do the one trip the whole time. True. One day yeah. off. And yeah. We went down from Fredericton, Probably I can tell because I don't even know the guy's name, but I can. I uh, we were driving to, I don't. know, We were driving through the states <laughs> to. I think we we're going to Baltimore, and I was about midway back of the bus, and the bus driver was six foot eight, really good guy. Like we had him for the full seventeen days yeah. or whatever we we're Jesus. on, and I was, I was sitting there and I was looking, and I got thinking, okay, this is kind of nice. I saw some deer. We're at hundred and ten kilometers an hour, and the bus driver walks back to the bus back to the bathroom when i'm like while it's driving he let the, yeah our equipment trainer <laughs> scotty beckingham <laughs> took over the bus <laughs> just they just switched going 60 miles an hour they just switch spots and he's just steering it yeah oh my god <laughs> that's what? amazing that's back in the day man no yeah. rules just yeah. yeah i gotta take a piss take over who wants to drive for a minute that's yep. unreal scotty I beckingham do. jumped in and at the end of the trip, guys were like, we we're giving him our track suits, and we loved this guy. He was awesome, man. Man. Yeah, he was something else. But, yeah, back then it was a different set of rules. We had a bussy in junior that always, uh, probably every, like, 10 exits, he would stop over and smoke a cigarette. Like, we'd be beauty. trying to get somewhere. Like, we're trying to get to a pizza delight to get a pregame meal. But, no, you got to pull over have a cigarette. <laughs> it's his rules, his bus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's the way so. it is. Back then, I think we just hacked him on the plane or on the train on the bus. Did you? Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. I didn't, but I, I'm not only the player. I think the bus drivers did, like 25, 20, 30 years ago. You got to think when you're on the bus, you're not paying attention to the driver. You're on the back of the bus for the 150,000th time. You're going to such and such place, and you're hanging out with the boys. That's half the fun of being on a team is being on the bus with the fellas. You yeah, know, it's the you best. Get on the, get on the bus, yeah, and some of the stuff that can you know just build on it, and it is. It's fun. Yeah. You know, it's you know people say it's, it's boring and it can be, but there are times when you think the you know. You, you truly bond with the guys because yeah. you know somebody will start singing or you have no choice yeah that's the thing that's it you, you either survive in that bus or you just don't want to play the game and that it, you know the game kind of uh filters out the guys that don't love it it's that's a great way to put it filters yeah slowly filters yeah i so. want to talk about the halifax citadel days so the only team that i knew from or know from around here the moose heads that Okay, that uh, you know that you know are, are relevant around here that have a fan base. What were the Halifax Citadel days like from here? Loved them. Yeah. I mean, Halifax is, is not only it's the best town in the country as far as I'm concerned. Now it was still pretty good back then. So the guys loved playing here. Yeah. I mean, even though we were down the minors, they loved playing here because I mean, let's say you walk out and it's yeah pretty pretty good atmosphere. Pretty college college town. town. Yeah, nice rink. And we had some yeah. really, we had about 2,500 to 3,000 fans and they were good fans. Like they actually cared. Yeah. Um, but there were some messed up years here in a sense <laughs> that like we had some, I don't know if Halifax understands that era, who how tough the group was. You had, God rest, rest his soul, is Greg Smith. Okay. Like, um, honestly, 
craziest guy I've ever played with, Jeez. Kevin Kaminsky. You had the Robert's, uh, Robert's. You had Dan Vincelette. You had Everett Santapass. The list goes on. Everett Santapass. That's a name I've heard oh, in a while. Oh, my heavens. These guys, it was a tough team. And I can remember, I don't know why he did it, but Clem Jodouin was our coach. And he, I swear to God, like I know I'm on the air here, but he's going to, he came in before the game. I swear to God, with a live chicken. Like just, a, with a live chicken on a skate lace. A live chicken <laughs> on a skate lace and a towel. And what? whoa. So he goes, and he had that French accent. He goes, are you guys going to be chickens tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and then he took the towel and he laid it on the ground. He goes, are you going to lie down and be chickens tonight? Well, the guys were laughing, but then you could see the guys getting a little distraught because we didn't lack that part of the game. Okay. We lacked showing up and scoring goals and, you know. <laughs> so anyways, it was it was a bloodbath. It was crazy. Like, like that game that he did this? Yeah, it was crazy. There were more fights in that game. You tell Greg Smith he's a chicken. You tell all Kevin Kaminsky. You tell all those guys that they're chickens, that they're afraid. Well, it, it was a massacre. Like, it was just fight after fight. Well, <laughs> I can remember. Yeah, it was crazy, but he brought a chicken in the room. Of course, you know what that did. That got everybody spurred up, and then I can remember yeah, fuck yeah. coming in the next day, um, <laughs> you know, just to stretch or do whatever in, in the morning. There was a pregame skate that was an optional. Like, <laughs> the chicken was still in the shower. <laughs> Live was making noise, everything. Yeah, and I was like, I'm, I'm not going in there. Like, I was just going to go do whatever, and I was getting my, into my workout gear and stuff, and the chicken was still there. But <laughs> I, I can say this. I've never said that happen. Like, bring a chicken in. And then, it, it, like, I think we lost the game, but I think it was because we didn't have any players left. Like, yeah, because everybody was in the room. <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody, everybody was suspended. and <laughs> There was, like, four guys on the bench. And oh, like, my yeah. God. And I don't man. think, like, it, it's been talked about. Like, every time we see that, we, you know, chickens in the room and oh that would be such a great memory to share with the guys from then oh Holy shit. that you, is hilarious so you, you didn't you never tried that with your players eh? and that's me whoever you never brought the chicken in <laughs> i didn't actually bring the chicken in. i've certainly called a few guys out but i mean yeah the live chicken i mean you just i don't know i, mean, I don't know if that's something you really want to do again but yeah, go to, you get in trouble now yeah well there's too many cameras nowadays right yeah oh yeah <laughs> someone yeah, would have their phone true. out or something and someone would be like animal cruelty to the chicken and like oh, just, you know peta peta I'm just picturing the, the duck with the little skate lace around it like on a leash. Did he carry it in or did he like walk it in walked like a pet? He walked yeah, he it in walked like a pet. It. And the skate lace was tied to one of its legs, I think. Anyway, so, so I like, yeah, for all everybody that's concerned, the chicken got well taken care of, man. It was eating really well. Everything was <laughs> good. He even but... got a shower. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he was, he just got did a shower, thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably got into the few beers that the guys yeah. had left in the room. Like, I love these guys. Yeah. Oh, but that's was, so uh, fucking funny. But I don't think, yeah, I think Clem never, never came in with that again. Another guy we had was Dean Hopkins. I mean, you don't, oh, yeah. you don't tell Dean Hopkins. He's an animal. He's a chicken, and I'm not sure if he's actually the coach, assistant coach or player, but I think he was a player coach then. You just don't do it. I mean, that's, yeah, you might as well just ask him to fight. You know? Yeah. Those guys got a lot of pride, but it was, uh, yeah. And I mean, the stories of Greg Smith could go on forever. Let's face it. But he was, he's. Let's what? Let's hear one. What's a crazy, crazy story? The craziest well, that you can I remember. Gotta, oh no no no! We won't go there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> third craziest. Um, 
we won't go there. Uh, he knows yeah, that one. Yeah, there's not many that are that you can really tell, but he's he just was a card all the time. Like he like he a shot wild a puck card? at Dave King. He was in Calgary and he didn't like Dave King, so he shot a puck at him. <laughs> okay, Mr. Hockey himself. And then when he had Keenan, um he couldn't like they want they were expected to run two miles in twelve minutes. That's that was the going thing. It was pretty hard back Jesus. then, but that's the old school that well, Smitty was running it in like 24 minutes, so I guess everybody's watching. Well, he was embarrassed, so oh, of course Smitty right. comes running backwards with chew in his mouth and running backwards, and, and Mike Keenan's the coach there. Well, he went right he went right to Hersey the next day, like you're gone. Keenan be having none of that. Yeah, but yeah, and I played I played junior with Greg the whole bit, and as much, and as awful as some of the things he, you know, not awful but crazy things he did. He he's another guy that you know would do anything for you, like he. It, it killed me the day that he passed. I mean, he just was such a tough guy, but had a heart of gold, you know, and that's what I think, you know, the Kevin Kaminsky's of the world and all those guys. They, You put on Facebook right now, if I was ever having a problem, there'd be so many guys that would, would come to your aid and the vice versa that, you know, for anybody to start taking down hockey now, I I just, I'm not buying it. They're just too good of guys. Yeah, you yeah. can't paint everybody with the same brush. It's the same as anything, the same with all the cop nonsense. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple bad ones, and there's some really good ones, but the really good ones get pegged with the bad stuff. It's the same in hockey. Yeah, some crazy shit happens, and some things get out of hand, but at the end of the day, like, like you said, hockey players are the best players, and I know it's easy for us to sit here and say that because we went through it all. But it's like, like you said, those guys were the toughest, craziest people you ever met, but who were the softest nicest most down-to-earth people off the ice was those exact 100%. people right and when you get to know them they're as vulnerable as anybody else they're doing what they need to do to get into the lineup you know what i mean and stay. to survive and stay. yeah Just to make and a living to get a paycheck yeah like i think people need to understand that you know if you did your job at 20 for twenty five thousand dollars in the minors was what that back then a little more or 150 now it's Seventy-five thousand and nine hundred thousand. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things I won't do for twenty-five thousand, but you, you, you that much. But you put it up to close to a million. Yeah, I hear you. You start hearing guys going, "Okay, well, I'm, I'm a little more open to that. I can provide for my family. I can live a good life." You and know, this so is what forth I have to like do. that. Cool. So yeah, there's there's some things guys have to act one way on the ice. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, and I, I I get angry too at some of the people with Marshawn. I mean, Marshawn is. Ugh. I love him. He is my man. Like, I love that guy. I get he's made a few bad decisions, but he's learning from it. He gives a lot of money away. He takes care of people around here. He shows up every game, Whether and he, he doesn't have to get into that stuff. He no. can just score and just take it easy. He's in everybody's face, and he was told to walk that line. He, had he to. wouldn't play if he didn't walk that line when he was younger. So what he, what's happened is he walked the line. He walked the, the talk and did everything he had to do and showed his courage did everything, and all of a sudden he's now scoring. Now everybody doesn't like the way he plays. If you ask me, he's staying. He feels like a complete player when he's yeah. doing that. He creates a space. And people go, well, that was a bit much. I get it. I get it. But, you know, every mistake you make isn't on national TV. Everyone that Brad does mm -hmm. is. So I just exactly. say this. If you're a coach and you're a general manager putting a team together, he could be one of my first choices. I couldn't well, agree said, more. Yeah. No he, question. You know, you said he, he ha, they told him to walk that line. He wasn't a big guy, and this is back in the era, too, where the smaller guys, you had to be a little bit nuts to just to be seen. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had all the skill and all that shit, but that edge that he brought every single night is exactly what paved the route in my mind, and I absolutely love watching him play because he, walks the, he used to walk the line, 
and he would lose it. You know what I mean? And then uh, people are like, why is he playing like this? But now I feel like he knows what the tipping point is for everything, and he just walks the line carefully. The odd time, you know, you yep. get caught up in the emotions of the game, but Pe- yeah, people I love don't, it. People don't people want to watch it, but they don't want the truth, and then they want to hear like. I can remember watching Gord Donnelly, and I had a lot of respect for Gord Donnelly. He was a, a, a Richard Zemlack and these guys that I played with in Fredericton my mm-hmm. first year. Well, you know, Gordy was there for a reason. But, you know, he could separate it. But I remember watching him going right out and just completely right on the wrist of his opponent to start a game. Well, everybody goes, well, that's just dirty. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe it is, but what he just said to that guy was – I wonder how, how much courage you have right now. Everybody goes, well, that's not what the game's all about. Well, Gord Donnelly didn't get a penalty for it. happened off the faceoff, and that guy was invisible for the rest of the night. Now, people go, well, you don't. We're, this isn't a, a game in the sense there's guys making livings off of this. Yes. You know, if the worst thing you're going to do is whack a guy there, but when the guy doesn't respond, you know that you got him in the head. You, you're Friday mentally got week. him. For the rest of the, ni- the, right. rest of the night. And I've had on. guys come whack me and, like, you know, it fucks you up. You go, yeah, you look and you go, oh, geez, this guy really wants it. So you end up playing that game. You know, you end up lining up and, you know, you're ready for a game. You're looking, all I want to do is win. So what's my what's my thing I can do to win? Well, I'm not going to take a bad penalty, but I'm certainly going to make this guy Pay for feel it. his wrist. And then if he doesn't respond, I know I'm in his head. You know, the same way it worked when, you know, when some guy does it to you. But there's parts of the game people don't want to hear about. It, don't watch it then. You know, I really, there's too many people that understand it and works, but it's not a fake game. No, you know, it's not getting it a little bit at times, but this stuff real. These guys are hitting hard. These guys do get in fights. They are getting hurt after the games. And that's what you, you pay for. And I don't mean you pay to watch people get hurt, but you pay for people to compete at the highest levels, yes. you know, not go, okay, don't hit a guy now. Well, that's part of the game, mm-hmm. you know, part of the game. And I get it cleaning it up, but there is an element that maybe you do have to loosen the rules up then to, to, to get, the game. yes, there's a little bit, of, I don't believe that it, it, all in all, mm-hmm. but there's an element there. It, it does, it does change how you play when there's a guy over there, like, you know, Grimson or someone like yeah. that. It's so Jesus. hard to explain that to people though, that don't play the game, that those are the people that are trying to take the fighting out that are trying to, it, it, like you, you explained it to a T, it was perfect, but to a mother listening, then there's kid play soccer. You're talking another language right now. Police the game. What does that mean? Like that's the element right now. That's just you can. No one can understand. It's, it's like tough. The example my old man always used to give about the self policing was like, if you're getting picked on at school, you know what I mean. If nobody's going to stand up for you, who's going to stand up for you? The minute you stand up for yourself, the other person fucks off. That's how it self polices the game. You know what I mean? You fight. You sit for five minutes. You cool off a little bit, and that's it. I agree, you but know? I agree 100%. But the way the world is turning, yeah, people don't want that. People don't want a kid to stand up for himself because they're trying to figure out the problem of, well, why is that kid How bullying talk that this kid? Out? Like, I agree 100%, but that's that's the issue. Like, people are, it, it's just turning. Yeah. Pe- you, people you, what, 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 do you, what is your, yeah, like, I'll be honest, and I, good parent, bad parent. I mean, I, I have never one father of the year, but you know, when Matt, just say if Matt went to school, yeah. if Matt went to school, I don't care what age he is and truly was being bullied or his friends were being bullied. Yes. I would be, I would be upset if he didn't stick up for himself. hundred percent. The school yeah. phone and said, Hey, I watched it. Your son was being bullied outside or his friend was being bullied up and he stood up and it got into an altercation. You, you don't want the altercation. No. I get it. But how else do you, deal with those bullies and people like that so 
Yeah, 100%. You need to protect yourself today. You need to be a good person. And I always said, you know, you bully anybody and you'll get it when you get home, which is again, it's the right <laughs> yeah, way to go. Yeah, but yeah. hey, that's why maybe I didn't win the award. But, you know, <laughs> I can tell you, I would be upset if, if yeah. you know, kid ever... I don't have time to send my kid to a psychiatrist because he gets beat up at school. And I don't want to take the chance. It's much easier to tell him to stick up for himself. Tell him to slug it. Yeah, slug it out. Take the three days off. You know what I mean? Don't try to not to do it again. Give the kid a little confidence that he did yeah. the right thing. But Absolutely. I could, I'll probably hear about this after. Somebody will say that was wrong advice. But you only have one chance to, to get your family through and do some things. And, you know, I don't think anybody wants their, you know, backing down when they're sticking up for something they believe in yeah. i think deep down any dad that would be listening to this would be like fuck yeah true you know what i mean because i can remember my buddies they would get picked on and picked on and picked on and they go home and their their dad wouldn't like beat them up or anything but he gets pissed off because he's like what are you doing stand up for yourself Do you know who the best supporters for this are they just don't know it is the hockey moms yep you go watch a hockey game and you tell me when a kid gets hit into the boards i can tell you right now who's who's mom is. is because she God bless her. Maternal instinct. You just could have hurt my son. They want revenge, but after the game, everything cools down, and if it's not their kid, they, oh, we don't want this. Mm -hmm. No, it's your kid. You know, you, you, you want your kid. You don't want your kid pushed around. You want to protect them. So I... Well, again, we're probably not going yeah, to switch get it. any favorites yeah. on this one. <laughs> That's it's just right. like, what's right and what's it's wrong, real. though. Nobody knows, you know? It's real. So, yeah. I want to switch it a little bit back to uh, NHL draft. That's when we met you for the first time. Son got drafted. Um, you played with Joe Sackick. Yeah. Joe Sackick, GM of Colorado. I was wondering if you had a conversation with Joe at all when you were up in Vancouver. No, you don't get a chance up there no, at all. No, there, he's right at the table the whole time, mm. and so forth like that. But we've, uh, I don't ever remember Matt talking to Colorado. What? Matt oh, he didn't have a meeting? Matt, I think Matt said he did, but so many teams come in, you know, go to the prep schools or go to the, right. where the kids are, talk to them, test them, yeah. you know, bring them down maybe to, to test. Mm -hmm. They were really quiet about it. So I think some teams want to go overboard in their referencing, you know, and in, in everything. And then other teams might be just more willing to kind of not bring it to your attention. They're looking at you, ask people close around you. Yeah, people true. have a pretty good hockey or if you reference somebody long enough, you can pretty much find everything out. Know, people yeah. are willing to talk. Yeah, especially nowadays. Yeah, yeah. There's the information's easy. Going yeah. Facebook, going. So you mean, know, that's yeah. what I would say to some kids. Is just yeah. you're better off not having a Facebook At or, this point. Yeah. you know, because it just yeah, yeah. I can ruin you because a kid like guy, you know, team likes you, looks at your Facebook and says that's not the kind of kid. Doing a cake stand last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, well, it doesn't mean he doesn't want you. Yeah. <laughs> the coach is like, oh, no, I don't like this guy. But yeah, it's but it's. Yeah, I don't think they that they talked to him at all. But it was, you know, it was, it was certainly a thrilling time for us for sure. So, what teams were you thinking? Okay, this could be it. Any was there any prospects? Really? Like, eh, maybe. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, he went to he went and tested at Pittsburgh, Chicago. Oh, what a rush! Um, yeah, and it was uh, you know really awesome. He like he said, you know, some of the guys came and pulled him out that were just there that um, were in management and so forth. But it, yeah, and a lot of teams, a lot of interviews and so forth, which. You know, I think at the end there were teams that were wanted to take Matt, but I think there were teams that maybe were nervous that when you have something that's not, you know, he's not a prolific goal scorer, he's right. not this, that. So some teams go, well, if I'm going to go in the first few rounds, I want 
Yeah, I want. I want to a be... spike in one or two, two of the three things. You know, so where put fans in the seats. There was no. Yeah, there were maybe no <laughs> spikes in Max game, but you know, I think if they're they're saying if he trending that he gets bigger, trending that his skating gets better, trending that he keeps playing the certain way, that yeah. there's a chance that there's a position to be filled. Right. I think yeah. so. It's consistent player, right? Uh. I wouldn't. I'm not going to vouch on that consistency or not. I just more mean if he can make himself consistent and play the way he does. Right. I think he does play fairly consistent. But teams want to know what they're getting, and by that you're probably going to be getting a third line centerman, third line right wing. And some teams would say, well, in the first few rounds, I'm I want first top six guys. Yeah, you want yeah. The number one score. Yeah, yeah. which you know that's not what they're getting. I mean, yeah. we're not standing here, you know, blowing Matt's horn. I mean, he's got so far to to. To journey oh, to go. right now, it's just beginning, that, really. You know, the, the, <laughs> not even fifty percent of those kids sign. But you know, the bottom line is, again, getting back to that journey. Be who you want to be. You know, you go to Cornell. You know, you battle it out academically. You do. You give your best shot. And if things don't work out, you've got yourself a degree. If things do, then you're off. Yeah. You know, then you can kind of try and control your own destiny a little bit. Do you look at uh, Morgan's Barnes route and go, okay, this is a great example for Matt? I mean, how can you not? Yeah. I mean. Mm. Good Morgan's point. a stand up a kid, you know, potentially he's he's captain material at any at any level. He's a great player. You know, he's been real good to Matt. I mean, Matt started out with a high ankle sprain, broke his hand last year. You know, Morgan was a big factor of kind of helping Keep him along pushing. there. You know, you're not you know, Matt's Matt does okay in school, but I mean at the same time, you know, you have all that happen. He wasn't fun going to school, you know what yeah. I mean, at that point because your hockey's taken, but you know, I can tell you that uh, that Baron was a big part of that, and he's, he's he wears a C for a reason, and yeah. he's he'll, he's going to play in the NHL. See, it's nice to hear that from some like you actually personally know him. You know, you probably watched him grow up, whereas we only just know what he's done. It's it's kind of nice to hear exactly like yeah, he wore the cap, and well, because because he's a third year. No, it's because he's an, a legitimate, genuine leader. You know what I mean? It's nice to to hear somebody with a little bit of credibility like you have to hear about that. Uh, yeah, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. Everybody wants a letter. Yeah. But, you know, nobody really knows what to do. And sometimes you try and help them be it because, you know, I was I got a letter when I was in, in Halifax here one time and I, I was the proudest moment of my life. And, you know, sure. everybody, well, you got an A stuck on you at the end of the year because, you know, the other guy went down. But, you know, I mean, as soon as you get that, you, you, you start thinking and it kind of worried me. Like, what can I do now? Well, first of all, looking back, I'm a little disappointed. Why do I have to have a letter on to, to take a leadership role? Right. But now that I did, you start thinking of all those things. Well, now as a coach, you know, you're saying to these guys, guys, your job is to take my message and massage it to let the guys understand. So when I go in and say, and I've said, you know, I go in and t tell every guy he's garbage and not good and I have a bad day in the dressing mm -hmm. room, you know, I get it. You know, yeah. someone said that to me, I'd say, you're an idiot too and I don't want to <clears> play for you. The job of the captain is to say, guys, the guy cares, you know, he's not coming in here to... He's losing his marbles. If we win or put out a good effort, he'll be fine tomorrow and do whatever. Well, that's their job, and then the guys all buy in. But there's that one voice that, you know, you look at what a translator can do. You know, when you hear a Russian guy being – translator holds all the cards. Oh, he could say whatever he yeah. right. Yeah. You know, he holds all the cards, and that's yeah. – you know, a captain's got to live – the, the, the way they, they talk, mm -hmm. and they have to be good players, they have to be good leaders and so forth. But, you know, you don't just get a letter. You, you know, it's it's something you should really, really value. So yeah. when you give a letter out at – sorry. Oh, you go ahead. Uh, when you give a letter out at SMU, do you pick it or do you let the, the boys pick it? How does that work at I SMU? I used to let the guys pick it, and a lot of times that just 
didn't help because some guys, you know, some rookie could feel, or some guy could feel a little bit of pressure to pick their own buddy, you know, and he's kind of the cool guy or he yeah. buys all the beer and I don't want to piss him off if he finds out. So I just started picking them. And I, uh, I had a really, I was talking to Peter Delabatori's dad and, uh, the other day for coffee and years ago he told me the really neat story that at Quinnipiac they took the uh like the militia guys whatever it's the the uh and they took them to a big massive pool and they put weights on them and they said you know basically you guys need to get there as fast as you can you need to get to the other end of the pool with these vests on so you know whatever the 20 of them all jumped in and they swam. Well, the strongest guys got over there the first. Right. So what was really neat, there's a guy on that team that I believe is going into medicine. And it's something along that lines. And all 20 guys got there. Some of them couldn't make it. So when the big guys got out, they go, okay, I sacrificed the most, I did the most. And the guy that got the captain ended up being about the sixth guy instead of getting out <laughs> he turned back and went and helped the other guys that's what i was just there gonna ask. Go. So he yeah. went back and helped the other guys so at the end of the whole wasn't... thing he the coach just said it, it's pretty obvious here yeah there is the guy i want that's the leader that's of the, the guy i want that's who i trust yeah. you know you just got out you didn't care if i was going to drown you know and i know they cared but he didn't have to be told that's crazy so he just did that so that sent chills up my spine so i'm mm. I was looking for a pool last year. I was going to say, I was going to get the boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking of some morbid thing I could do. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about oh, that, but God, you know, it, it's not until you get to our age, and you guys are a lot younger than me, that you start talking about this stuff. Mm. And it does put chills. You know, watching a Rocky, you know, I, I watching Rocky, my mom used to not watch. We'd watch Rocky, me and my brother, we'd get up and just pound the hell out of each other. You're We're so up. pumped up and fired up. And then <laughs> yeah. when you... You see the reasons and, the, you know, the, the struggles and stuff like that. And guys end up thinking, well, that's just in the movies. It's not. Mm -mm. It's not, man. It's real. There this are guys all over the place that, that just put in these massive efforts of, of, of whatever and make it. But, again, it's sometimes it's, you know, we go back to real life. Not only is it hard to be make those sacrifices, but some people might not think it's cool because if you're trying and fail, yeah, right. you get laughed at. That doesn't. Yeah. Stupid. Know. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I fucking lie. I love this right now. I'm going nuts. I yeah. can run through a brick wall right now. Yeah. That's uh I just want to block a shot so bad right now. That's can we I'm retired. I'm not blocking. <laughs> can we talk about this video? I bought this TV just for this reason, just so we could look at highlights. So right now everyone that's <laughs> can we do you God care? Damn it. We got yeah, we got I, I just do you want still to hate the Bruins. That's my question. Yeah, why did you always you know fight the Bruins? Why were I don't uh the the guy that beat me up the worst was Lyndon Byers. I watched that today. Like, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't Hold even on. my mouth. And I had a bunch of my buddies, like, working me. Yeah, he killed you. Yeah, yeah he did. Dave, yeah. Would you fight him, bud? I couldn't. Yeah, doctor got the guy says, well, just take an aspirin. I said, I can't open my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, but, yeah, I mean, you fight him. You know, yeah, I'm not, that's I'm not I mean. bigger, stronger than you. Who do you think I, you are to sit there on the outside and go, you go get your head beat in by one of the toughest guys yeah. to ever do it? I so so why did Randy Burgess jump you here? Burridge. Burridge? Burridge. I don't even remember the fight to tell you the truth, but whoa, yeah. Like just like the, look at the refs though. Like there was like five ref, four, three refs surrounding you, so they knew something was well, going to happen. Normally, what happens in that is, I mean, that's how I. I mean, I would anticipate, you know, if I lined up against somebody else, maybe that yeah, I'm going to lose, but I'm I'm not jumping them. 
Right. What's yeah. the sense? You know, what's the sense in the one fight I win? To be a jump. So, yeah, have have my my buddies. Oh, yeah, you jumped him. Yeah, you yeah. caught him when he wasn't no. looking. Congrats. I, I'm willing to take up. I'd rather lose and do it fair yeah. than jump a guy. You know so what I mean? So did he say anything to you or did he just like jump off, you? Honestly, I don't remember. don't remember. That was probably five minutes after Byers. So I was probably <laughs> Even if on it was Mars. Five days after. Probably on Mars. <laughs> this one, yeah. who was this against? That I was seen, Hartman. You guys had the brawl against Montreal. It was like at the end of the game or the buzzer or something like that. I watched that one this morning. It was crazy. And then I thought, holy shit, this Quebec-Montreal rivalry, now it makes sense. Yeah, and that's... Yeah, he was he was a strong kid, but you know neither one of us were heavyweight sluggers, so yeah, you know we right. both were um, what two was, guys trying to make a name. <laughs> what, what was it like playing in um, the Pepsi Coliseum? We both played in there for the Pee Wee tournament, and I remember going up top on the walking down the the rat. What are they called? The upper bowl, so steep. Like it's yeah, almost it was like steep, eh? I was ner- I was a kid, but I was yeah. so nervous just to walk down those steps. What, what was it like playing there in a packed house? It was pretty pretty neat. Yeah, yeah Montreal was pretty neat too, but you know. Like, Again, those are back in the days where you really, you know, you had to, I mean, personally, I mean, I was kind of going in there, wasn't sure what my role was. So I'm looking around going, well, you know, <laughs> no, Cordic's not playing. Down, you, know, you know what I mean? And you're looking down and you're looking at, you're so like, it was yeah. confusing. It was a confusing time for me, right? Because I, it wasn't like they gave you a ton of chances, you know, like the David Lattice, where you kind of come up, you play well, you get three or four games. Mm-hmm. If you don't do well, you went back to the minors. That was the world then, the minors. It was, I'll send you back, I'll send you back. It was and almost they like did. a threat. Yeah, and it did toughen you up, you yeah. know what I mean? But, but you know, you got to know what your yeah. role is when you go up there. My fault, maybe, because, you know, I slowed down and I couldn't get my speed back up, so I wasn't being used. So you, you just start improvising, you know? And <laughs> let's face it, you get in a fight and the guys go, hey, good job, and... And okay, all of a sudden I'll you're confident again. for the next one, right? It's like, okay. I can well, just confident, but I, <laughs> I knew what I had to do to stay in the lineup. Yeah, yeah I guess you know? so. And uh, actually, the, Mario Gossin always used to say, joking, because we lost so much. In, in, he said, you figured it out. He said, uh, when he knows it's going to be a blowout, you just get in a fight early. And by the time the coach comes in, a little Bergeron guy, a little fiery guy, he come in losing his marbles. I was eating popcorn. I was yeah, upstairs, you know, and he'd just focus on who he saw in front of him, right? Smart. Well, yeah, it was. It was Being actually, a veteran, I, I yeah. actually did it a couple times in the minors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a little more controllable. What, then. Are, what are they serving in the minors up in the press box back then? Are they serving hot dogs and stuff. <sighs> yeah, they would. Yeah, a few. They call me the old Shane shows. Yeah, the what? what? Shane hot, shows, hot, hot dogs. Oh, yeah, hot dog. oh. <laughs> um, yeah, and they'd have a media room. But you know, it's kind of funny. I didn't. I didn't really get scratched a lot there. I just got sent down. Okay. You know, so you know, the one time I went, I, you know, I didn't score very often. One game, I, you know, I. Scored on uh, Patrick Roy. I got I got in a fight with Cordick because he ran our he ran into our goaltender. So went in again. I didn't fare really well, but at one point I got a star. I was the man. You know, yeah, I'm right thinking. Yeah. You know, I'm looking <laughs> looking for condos now and <laughs> play, play one game against Vancouver. I got four shifts. Nothing. Not didn't get scored on. Next day, you came here a boy. Now you leave a man. So I'm like, am I getting traded? No, I just going back to Fredericton. <laughs> they just sent me back to Fredericton. So Fredericton was the farm team for yeah, Quebec. For Quebec. And then or, did it change over to Halifax? Or how did yeah, it, it the was... year I played up, my third year pro, when I played the, the season up, yeah. I stayed with them, they moved to Halifax. So the following year when I got down, I instead of going to Fredericton, I just came to Halifax. So cool. you're, you're an Ontario boy, right? You were born in Ontario. Yeah. So did that when you got when you played here in Halifax, did that 
time here have an effect on you of you know what maybe I do want to raise a family here maybe I do want to you know when the career is over like because there's so many guys that come from the Ontario that come to the AUS and, and play stay. hockey and they stay and they love it yeah. they have families they they have businesses here was your time in Halifax here did that like how did I've that got, work I've with got you? cousins here oh you do you close okay. to they're my age the Steinbergs Donnie Dean Dale and Debbie wow <laughs> there's a okay yeah, there's so you're already here yeah, and I honestly, I started going to St. Mary's. I, I met my friends here. I met some people here. Let's face it, and I go back to this is a great city. The Maritimes is just completely different than anywhere in the world, if you ask me. So I want to stay here forever, for sure. Awesome. Like, I have no no desire to leave on any permit basis anyways. This will always be home. But, yeah, yeah it's it's a great spot. You so you went times? to SMU? A little bit, yeah. Did you? Yeah, you had a little cup yeah. of coffee at SMU. Well, I went, I went, I had a year. I took a little bit at Queen's. I took a little bit at Queen's um, a couple courses and I took a couple business courses and then I'm trying to figure out which course, but I can't even tell you. Everything was a zero or a one <laughs> binary. Is it or something? And I, they, I was trying to, Yeah, I think it is binary. Yeah. yeah. So I went to the class and I sat there and everybody was just kind of paying attention and going. And I, I had this one going, I rubberneck. <laughs> I walked out of that class. I didn't even ask for my money back. I was too embarrassed. I said, there's no learning that. Like there's that. How do you get a sentence out of zero one one? <laughs> I hear you. I'm, I'm lost. So now. yeah. So dumb or not, I just packed up and said that's it. And didn't even ask for my money back. I'm yeah, out. That's yeah. it. First. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna tell you a funny story right now. So but I used to go to SMU. I probably went to SMU for uh, like a year and a half. Same thing. Went into these classes. The guy was talking another language. Paid my money. It was probably the first month. September, like October, hit maybe and. Just, I, I was in a funk. I was like, what am I doing here? I can't pay attention. I'd go to the library and just watch like movies on my laptop and say that I was in school. <laughs> but then uh, Jared Grant was on the team and he went to SMU and he was a good buddy of mine. And he's like, hey, you know, you, we practice every day at like 11 or something at the old rink there. And then once I found that out, I just used to come to your practices and just watch from like, you know, back in the old SMU rink, how you could watch from the doors and didn't have to technically go in. Yeah, like right outside, barn. like the washroom yeah. there. So I remember myself, I don't know, three, four days a week, I would just go stand there and just watch the boys <laughs> practice. And I would just stand there and watch and just wouldn't be in class. How was school today, Justin? It was great. Oh, it was great. I, biology was unreal. <laughs> unreal class. And what I'd just be doing, I'd just be there watching the boys skate and playing and, hockey. And it must have been funny to watch guys that big in that small arena. Oh. And then the acoustics of it, because, yeah, it was... I mean, you put 25 people in there, and it sounds like there's thousands of, when you're yeah. outside. And nobody can hear you, so you're, you're yelling at... You know, that's the thing. I'll be up. yelling about a drill, and you know, the next guy that messes up a drill, you know, I'm gonna bury the whole team in a skate and this and that. And you know, guys are laughing, and then all of a sudden you know, look over and something. I go, I'm standing right beside you. <laughs> I don't even understand what you're saying. <laughs> That's because everything just echoed and echoed. Yeah, and I mean, the glass fogged up and everything. You could hear you from the outside yelling in the parking lot. Oh, Smooth practicing. <laughs> They're stunning. Stein, he's yeah. losing it again. Well, Dr. Dr. Uh, Osman actually came in one time. Uh, Doc Osman's awesome. You know, he, he's a hockey fan. It was everything. So he came in one time just to watch. And this happened to me a couple times. But in this instance, it was Dr. Osman. He came in to watch practice and just probably on his way over to see someone. So he popped in, standing there. I'm on some tirade, <laughs> and about you know, three minutes into it, you know, one guy, I'm <clears throat> residents listening. Well, I'm not listening to him, so I go on the rest Shit. of my tirade, and it was a bad one. It was awful. <laughs> and I called every guy in, and I just said, guys, there's things that you got to learn about life, and one of them is hockey, and I don't care about hockey right now, but when the president of the university comes in, and I'm on a tirade, somebody do something distract him 
or distract me. Shoot a puck at me. I don't care. But then if that ever after. happens again, you're not looking after me. So I twisted everything that we're we're taking care of each other. <laughs> of course, they never would. They they thought it was hilarious. You know, somebody comes in. The boys are going. Yeah, get get yeah, get Steiny pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Someone, <laughs> someone fired or something. Yeah, get them losing it. Well, Alex. Yeah, and some of the stuff Alex Hallett. You know, he he'd start practice and he'd like literally. He at that point in his life, he was fat. He was Lebanese <laughs> kid. He was probably the life of the whole program we've ever had at times. He'd come out with a dozen donuts strung with a skate lace around his neck <laughs> yeah he he the zamboni was in mid-flight going down hitting center ice he skated as hard as he could it jumped up and body checked it <laughs> there's some of the stuff this guy did oh like, yeah they, they tried they phoned me one time he did something in residence they wanted to kick him out i said kick him out they said we can't do that he's such a nice boy and he goes to the to the gorsebrook the night we won the aus i hear oh yeah he went there and he was naked doing push-ups with nothing but his dress shoes on and i said kick him out <laughs> no we like him too much <laughs> i said well this if anyone else anything. did it they'd be gone but yeah. this guy was just unbelievable at getting you know football team together and everybody yeah, yeah. those are back in the dal days when it was really ugly right those some of those, those series the, yeah the rivalry games the goresbrook love good, that place good nights there you get pictures there for like five bucks on a Wednesday. No. Yes, you could. Not They're great, great, great prices. I had uh, Mike Durazio, good kid. He stud. Yeah, he was. Uh, you know, he he. These guys were wearing letters, and I said, guys, this is. We got to start having a better Friday and the weekend. If we don't have a good weekend, I'll be disappointed. Da, 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 da. And I said, guys, just do this. I don't care. You know, but if I have to take away Wednesdays because you guys can't get your act together. And I can remember, like, literally, I told the whole team that. And he, he, he phones nope. me. He phones me up afterwards. He goes, Trevor, swear to God, man, please don't take Wednesday night. It's the greatest night of my life. I said, what kid? And I, so I was laughing. I said, Rest, just, just take care of yourself. Win some games. Worry about your school and your hockey, and everything else will just fall in place. Sure enough, we didn't have a lot of bad weekends. If you if that threat of taking the Gorsbrook away, now it's not really there anymore. Right back no. then, yeah. Wednesday nights, oh, well, student know. night, yeah, yeah, you guys know better. Yeah, there, there could have been a few added losses in there. <laughs> yeah. A couple, yeah, yeah, in many ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that please, please don't take away our Wednesday. Please don't. And I used to ask Wallingford, you know, what time did you get in last night? He goes, I was working. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't getting a paycheck, but he was there. I think yeah. he had free beer. As long as he'd stay there, and of course at six eight, six five, I just was there, just making sure nothing happened. Policing yeah. it, yeah. yeah. And everyone's to. like, "Oh, there's the hockey guy. He's not gonna, nothing's gonna happen in here with yeah. him here." Um, he's gonna kill. Or that's a bad. <laughs> I was gonna say he's gonna kill me if I don't tell this story, but that's a, that's a bad uh, way to bring it in. Danton's first night at uh, your house. <laughs> he wanted me to bring it up. He was wearing your boxers, eating. No, I was you wearing, wearing my boxers. Yours. You were wearing you your were boxers, wearing his boxers, eating. Uh, well, you, a lot of things were different to dance when he got out. Like, like sitting to the average guy, <laughs> I would so say true. this. If you're the average guy, you come home, you, you get down, down into your hockey underwear, right? Yep. You throw a T-shirt on, yeah. and you make a goddamn bacon sandwich. <laughs> I don't know what they do when they're in an armored cafeteria, but <laughs> yeah, maybe you don't wear your one. underwear there, and maybe a bacon sandwich is worth a million dollars or 50 cigarettes, but... <laughs> Mike, don't go there, but <laughs> he goes. Everything was a little different for Mike. When, you know what I mean? Because when you first get out, that's oh. when you're in solitary confinement. It's like you don't even remember bacon. Well, the best, you know? the, the best one on dance was we were up in the nationals. There's two things. Uh, Justin Munden had a breakaway, could have ended it all. 
killing a penalty, blocks a shot, eh? you know, yeah, blocks a shot, rewarded. breakaway goes down, goes to shoot it, jumps over a stick. So he goes in to the dressing room into double overtime. Justin Munden, again, leader throughout of all mm. leaders, says, guys, and he's breathing hard, he goes, if you do get a breakaway anytime during this next overtime, don't try that trick shot. He's, he's right on to it. <laughs> so then there's another sign that before the game, we all got there. And, and uh, you know, Chris McDonald's our trainer. He did a great job. He got us all set. The room was all up here. And here's a sign that says, six months ago today, I was in a federal prison, you know, and my life was going nowhere and, you know, this and that. And a lot of things went through my mind. But you guys, you know, came and got me. You picked me up and made me feel something special. Now we're here and this and that. And, you know, they love you guys. Mike Danton, Mark Rancourt's in, you know, just kind of taping a stick, cool guy. You know, he's pretty laid back. And he just quietly says to the team, that's actually really, really nice dance. And uh, I don't think he necessarily had to sign it for us, though. We, we knew. This is before the game. So he kind of had this feeling like, you know, things were pretty loose anyways. He didn't have to sign it. He didn't have to sign it. So we that's knew. before the championship game? Yeah. Yeah, it was. What a way to like, because uh, when we were, you were talking about earlier how you have to be a little bit nuts or a little bit crazy to make it. That was going to be my segue into the dance thing. But now that we're here, like what a incredible, small, subtle way to like bring the boys together and kind of loosen the, lo loosen the room a bit. And it's like the fact that he made a joke about it and he was the, the chill guy, right? He's like, I don't think you had to sign a dance. Like yeah. you were the only guy in that scenario, right? But yeah. he, I remember him telling us that, that the SMU that year was one of the, the big like changes for him and it was a positive stepping stone i mean christ think about it every i remember when he scored his first goal with you guys there was I people still screaming at him 4500 people the that place was oh, juiced fuck, yeah but he it was like people were crying people were chirping him still people were loving him all of a sudden people's minds changed with him but he said that that was a big big year and he couldn't thank like your guys's group enough oh. and you in particular he was yeah, thanking you left right and center you know it, it wasn't again i said it wasn't mine i mean at that point i didn't have the confidence there that's there's a, there's a decimal point I thought people would be all over me about it, and I was kind of a bit weak. And my dad, you know, again, he's suffering but from uh, Alzheimer's. My dad was a senior member of the National Pro Board. He's, he's, he's a minister, you know, wow. the first thing he did, and then he got into it. And I can remember my dad just saying, you know, some, you, how can you even question this process? That's not how you were raised. Like, you know, it's... So, you know, and, he, and then they said, well, what about not playing hockey? You know, what if I took him, but he didn't play hockey? And uh, that was my suggestion, because that's what people said, right? My dad said, I never see, you know, an artist, say, that goes to prison for something, does some time. I don't see them take his, his, his pencils away from him when he gets out. Wow. You're taking the one thing that he loves that can keep him calm and, 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 and on the right he path. can feel... A, feel important about or feel special mm -hmm. away from them. So that, that wasn't even an option at that point. And then it was really, it was Mark Rancourt and the rest of the team. So I don't want to miss any names, but Mark Rancourt led uh, and he didn't make the decisions. He led, he gave the positives, he gave all the things and the team and the team came to me. So I was, I'll be honest, I was a little ashamed that I didn't have the ability to come right out because I even right. had a couple ex-alumni and I wouldn't give that, you know, piece of crap, this, this yeah. and this. And I go, well, I guess my question, and to everybody was, if I give this what you call a piece of crap a chance, if he makes it, awesome. If he like doesn't, it. in the scheme of things, what's the big deal? I mean, it's not he's not going to attempt to murder someone again. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he, so what is the risk here? You know, and if it was anybody else's kid, you'd be begging for that opportunity uh -huh. but because it's not their kid. 
they just want to dump nothing, on everything, right? right? So it's, and I look at it. I mean, I, I didn't do anything to the level of that, but I mean, I was a handful more for my parents. My brother, I hope he's listening, was way worse than I was. <laughs> so, you know, some of we got caught or got in trouble with the law or something like that. You know, does that mean that we don't get a second chance? We well, don't get anything, thing. you know, whatever. Yeah. And Good you for you. your time. Good for yeah. you. Man. Did you that's find that it helped with the team, though? Like, I know, like, SMU is always one of the powerhouses of university no matter what happens, and it's it's all about that and this and this. But do you find when Dance came, it kind of, like, put the spotlight more on him and kind of let your team kind of do its thing without having all that pressure? I know I, Dance would have had to carry that on his own, but. Uh, yeah, I think, if anything, it might have gave the guys something bigger to hang on to like mm -hmm. it's not all just about hockey it is to them but then they did this other thing and so there's a little bit of the onus it was certainly a lot of onus on mike which he came through i mean his effort in hockey he was a pro, he was an nhl effort you know and i don't want to dump on him like skill wise he you know he, you saw him he was yeah but let's let's Grit. let's applaud the fact that back when the game was ugly and mean and everything the guy with that which we call limited skill played in the national hockey league because of yeah, because of his focus, because of his, what he was willing to do for his teammates, or yep. the sacrifices he was willing to make. So, you know, I kind of forgot the question now. But <laughs> I don't. Are you oh. good for like another? Like, it's, yeah, you're good. sure you're good for? I got, but I'm retired. Oh, oh, geez. oh he dropped that on you. Yeah. I was gonna say though, he got the boat. Though. I'd rather be at the boat than here right now, though. Yeah, Matt's got to go get the gas, and he hasn't done that. Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, Matt. So go do your chores, for Christ's sake. Just because you're drafted the NHL doesn't mean you, you know. I asked him. Gas. I asked him to mow the lawn yesterday. And yeah. he said he two days ago, and he couldn't because of, of golf, the boat, this and that. And I said, well, take it 20 minutes. <laughs> then you don't have to do it. So today, of course, I asked him what he's doing. And, well, after you train, he's, well, he's going to go golfing. So I said, no, I'm what are you doing? on. Yeah. There's a certain things that I think are just going to take him. Say, you don't get one thing. Don't even come in the house until you mow the lawn. Do it. No, I got no problem doing it. He does <laughs> nothing, man. Nothing. Come on, Matt. No. Wow. Then you put his Hold dishes away. Yeah. Dishes? Get on them. Matt, uh, that's cafeteria the, life, though, right? Yep. It's people look after them. You just said it, yeah. So <laughs> it's funny. It's a new house owner here. It's funny as you get older, you, you take pride in that. Like, our neighbor yep. was mowing his lawn, and we didn't have a lawnmower at the time. He's like, hey, like, I noticed he didn't mow the lawn yet. Like, do you want me to do it? And I was like, no, I, I can do it. I can do it. Like, <laughs> I take pride in mowing the lawn, doing the dishes upstairs. I take pride in it. Five years ago, fuck, I don't want to mow the lawn. Fuck, I don't want to do the dishes. Fuck, I don't want to make my bed. You didn't even know how to mow the lawn five years ago. I still don't, but, you <laughs> know, you, you, you take pride in, like, you have doing to. these things. You I don't know, want to sell them nice. out, but the other day, his sister's gone away visiting her cousins, and she's been there. Where she's giving him his car, her car. It's a beautiful little car. So wow. I said, he didn't want to pay for the oil change, 89 bucks. Okay? Matt, I hope you're listening. I hope you're embarrassed here. But you know what else he said? She said something like... Uh, Get the oil changed and, oh, clean it. I said, uh, why don't you clean the car? Mm. You know what Matt says? She left it a mess when I got it. <laughs> I said, she lets you use it for two months and you're not going to clean. I go, that's brotherly, sisterly love right there, I guess. Is that fire? That pisses you off, Yeah. Eh? So there's that edge. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> I'm, all, I'm to blame for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Way to go, Dad. That's yeah. on you. <laughs> that's good yeah. stuff. But that's... Uh, no, it's and again, it's a it's the whole process of it all. But it's I just get a kick out of it. But kids are kids. Right? It's funny you can you know you can joke around with them as much as you're serious. But you, you know he's at the point in the life in his life where you can <clears throat> sit down and be like you're being a fucking idiot. You know, do this. I know that might not be the way you do, it, but it's nice to have him on that level where you're not just like Matthew. Like this is what you do, right? You can just joke with him now, chirp him a little bit, like you you know, like it's in like you're in the room. 
So yeah, I've done buddies. that since he was six. Yeah, was but, yeah that, there you go. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but no, you're right. I mean, it's gotta, yeah. I mean, you still got to be a dad, and be, being a dad is yeah. being a jerk when you, when they're going the other way. And I mean, you can't tough love. You, you can be a jerk for 15 years doing this, and they're still going to do dumb things. But you know, you got to at least slow the process down a little bit because, yeah. like I say, there's a lot of stuff out there right now with kids, right? And, yeah. Is there anything that you want to do right now with uh, your life that you haven't been able to do before? Hockey's consumed your life since, I don't know, since how old you were, but, you know, it's kind of free of concern right now. Is there anything you want to do? Like, anything? I can't. I'm a, I a little embarrassed. I don't really have any hobbies, and every one of my friends know it. And so I probably would like to, to few of the guys that support me, like the office, like, you know, Jonah and Larad and Scotty and Tyler and all those guys, they know it. So they're... They know I'm brutal golfers, you know, they, that I don't have anything. But, you know, it's going to be hard because those guys are my best friends. Right. I mean, we hung out every day. We ate lunch. You know, I guess I paid for most of them, especially with the rad. But, you know, they would be there all the time. So it's going to be different that way because you're not going to be around that atmosphere, which was fun. But I'll do my best to keep reengaging in it. But right now I don't really have a ton of hobbies, so I'm going to have to get some. And well, you got to get your boating license. That's something. That's all that you can do yeah, that. It's, uh, yeah, I definitely have to get my boating license. <laughs> Just don't take Lorraine with you. Make him pay to come. Uh, no, he's, uh, yeah, you don't want to bring, yeah, you want to make sure he brings his own beer and sandwiches because, <laughs> yeah, he's got a big cooler. You spend two decades with somebody, you, you learn quite a bit well, about yeah, them, right? Yeah, well, and again, all those, and that's what you, you don't figure in on it, but that's what, I, honestly, that I've thought of the most is, you know, I'm still, we have a little chat line, you know, and I'm just seeing if I've been removed from yeah. it. But, nope. you know, they're they're such good guys. They really all are. And like I said, there's nothing that you can't say. You know when you can say anything to the guys, yeah, your yeah, buddies. Yeah, yeah. At any time, too. Any Timing time. Yeah. Is, is not a factor anymore. Yeah. 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 No, no. You're like, that you close know, when we them. lost a couple times there, you know, Jonah was always good for, yeah, what's uh How's your weekend? You know, I didn't watch your game. We got blown out by UMB 9-1. Didn't watch your game. So I, I asked him, actually, he lost his last game a couple years ago. He had 19 wins. And I said, you know, the only game I've ever called him. You know, I said, so tell me what happened. But did you close off the year? You know, and he lost his last game, right? Wow. So if you don't keep it loose like that, you're, you're yeah. I mean, people are saying it anyways. You gotta have fun. So you might as well. Yes. You know, and I can remember, uh, I think it was Lorad or my buddy Lee said, you know, I said, you know, every time you phone, you know, it's always about hockey. Like, Jesus, why don't you? And I can, I think it was, it might have been Lorad, anyways, or Lee, a buddy of mine said, but uh, it's just the normal thing to say. If you really want to, we don't give a shit if you won or lost. Mm. Yeah. But you don't think that as a coach, right? You yeah. think, you, you honestly, are, oh, on me. it's almost arrogant. You think that, okay, this is going to hit the front lines that, you know, we lost two games in a row badly and nothing's going to be well for us next week. It's not it's not that way, but that's how some coaches think. Some players even think, right? Is yeah. every time they don't, you know, it's a win or loss. And do you find that helps you, having that mindset, uh, or do it, you? you know, some it's like negative energy helps you helps you initially, helps you immediately, doesn't help you in the long run. You know, you're gonna run on negative energy, you're gonna burn yourself out very fast. You're gonna be, you know, square, you know, yeah. padded room. If you can dig a little deeper, get into that positive energy, that it yeah. just lasts longer, right? Yeah. So that's it's, when you start to see the results. Yeah. But again, it's like anything else. It's like right. I guess it's like playing hungover, right? That one time you might be able to do it. You can't continue to do it. Ugh. If you're going to go out there all the time just angry, yeah. you can't get angry 84 times <laughs> a, a year at 7 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. just doesn't work or, or yeah. So, playing hungover. It's, yeah, it's, it's a little different, yeah. I have, I have one more question. Give her. 
I'm what, interested. What's your key to um, longevity? One thing I always fear about this podcast is that it's going to go away. I want to do it forever. You've been the head coach of SMU for 23 years. I, you know, you look at your hockey DB, you see that list of years back to back to back to back. What's your secret to, to longevity and staying at the top? Well, I don't – I feel like – like I don't feel like that was what we did. I just think that everything that – when I watch things as being being honest, being upfront, don't give token answers that you guys are probably sick of too, right? Right. You know, we work Cliche. hard. You know, I know, just hope we get the two points. And, you know, if it's, <laughs> it should make us stronger, that sort of thing, you know, have a personality, I guess, and be who you are. If you be who you are, you're comfortable, right? If you're going to act like somebody else, you know, if you guys didn't like sports, you guys yeah. wouldn't be in this, right? And mm -hmm. if, if I didn't, you know, like coaching or something or guys didn't like playing, but you can't pretend. You know, and then I just think that everybody questions it, say you're hard-nosed or this or that. You can be hard-nosed. You can ask the hard questions. You can do everything as long as you're fair with everybody. You know, that's what I've always said. And I've made my mistakes. I've had guys leave where they're upset, and I, with my fault. But, you know, on a, on a whole, you try and at least say, you know, I'm going to ream the hell out of you, bud, and I'm going to make your life hell. But it's that there's nothing to do with what I think of you. Right. You know, I'm okay. just I'm coaching the hockey player in you. The person is on a completely that's different all, level. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, so it's uh, no. And I was gonna say for you guys, especially, keep having the local guys on because that, you know, everybody goes to the superstars. But I mean, yeah, there's some really really good stories. You know, Delabatori. You know, you got Willem Devoe. You've got all these all these kids out here that are going special places and so forth. Mm -hmm. People want to hear from them, and you know, you don't get to know them. You hear about them, but sometimes you you want to hear one what that kid's really like. Yeah. You know? Uh, I didn't realize the the talent pool that we had here. Like obviously, you know, you hear Crosby and that kind of stuff in Marshan, but it's like now that we, since we've been doing this, the talent around here, whether they get drafted to the NHL or whether they take the alternate route, that deliberatory story you just told about them swimming, like there's so much going on here that nobody really, not that nobody knows what's going on, but not enough people, or you don't get to see it. But and that's been the best part for us is the pool is insane right now for talent. It really is, and there's some good young kids coming up. It really is. It, there really is a lot of good hockey players yes. here. And since the Maritime, you know, the the Quebec League has come here, you know, all of it's done is just. It, they were always here. They just didn't have the confidence to move away at 16 to go to Ontario, and a lot of the kids came back. You had a Maritime on your team back then, like a Dan LeBlanc or guys like that. Mm. I mean, they were warriors. They were they were as good a kids as you could imagine. Well, these are the still kids here, but right now they can go to a Moosehead game and go, that's who I want to be, right. yeah. and that's what I'm going to I'm going to do everything I can do to be that. Before yeah. they didn't. There was no TV. There was nothing. Yeah. No videos. They didn't even know what the OHL was. Yeah. But when you can go to a game and watch it, yeah. it's like anything else. Once you inspire some of these kids, yeah. once you start that flame of spark comes a flame, yeah. you can have an inferno if you handle it right, and that's yeah. you know that's what you're looking for, to get these kids focused on the good things and not, you know, Focus yeah. on the other ob obvious bad things out there, yeah. which is there's lots. That's why I that's one of the main things I like doing this is is letting people know that if you want to do that option, that can work. This can work. That can work. This route, that route. You know what I mean? It's not all about playing in the queue and getting drafted in the NHL. Like there's so many different ways to go about it, but nobody really gets to see it unless you do it. They'll find you. They that's good advice. They'll, they'll find you. You know what I mean? They will. You know, problem is, is do you have to? What comes first? Do you? Do you you want them to find you, but 
be good. Then, then you need to work at your craft. You need to, mm. you need to do all those things you don't want to do. Make the sacrifices. You do that enough, and you're going to get people. That you're going to get their attention. Mm. Somebody will watch you on the ice and go, you know, he didn't score, but that little guy over there, holy my God, is he good? Well, that it, it gets attention if you're consistent, right? But you, you know, I've seen guys at my own team here. We've gone, you know, had a horrible game somewhere or a real good game somewhere, and then come back to Halifax, I know there's scouts in the stands, and the guy has a bad game. We hasn't had a bad game in five games. We picked the wrong one. Yeah, that's always how it goes. So consistency, yeah. you know, is is probably the biggest thing. You know, people want to know what they're getting, and yeah. no want to know what you're willing to do, and are you willing to make these sacrifices consistently, not just once in a while, right? Yeah, that's the same thing with anything in life. Yep. Yeah, like literally. Like, we're all we're all fired up January first to not eat, drink beer and stuff, right? But it doesn't last. Right? Yeah, January third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, got it. I want it, to go over a couple. This is what I, I. This is one of my favorite things to do when I have somebody who's drafted to the NHL come on. Is I go and look at the round and the year that they got taken. Oh, Jesus. So Lemieux was the first overall pick, which I'm sure you're aware in your draft year. But I like looking at like who you went before, who was after you. You mentioned you scored or you played against Patrick Waugh. And uh, no way, in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> is it full? No. <laughs> Comes full? Yeah, Looks in the, pi- in the picture, it shows beer in it. Yeah, that's <laughs> false advertising. I don't even remember what I was saying because I'm so fired up. Oh, oh the yeah. draft-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. do that too, but I, you know something? It, it's a, yeah, it's never, every, I get teased about that all the time, but I mean, you know, I, I was kind of like Matt. I could, you know, I could score goals. I was somewhat robust player, physical. Mm-hmm. And my skating was okay. Well, back then they didn't concentrate on that as much. Well, then I got hurt. No, there's a fine line there. You know what I mean? There is, and there's there's guys that weren't even drafted that played in the National Hockey League, and there were guys that were very high draft. Everybody dwells on that. Getting drafted, all it does is give you an opportunity to go to a camp. It's a step. You know, that's all it does, and 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 it's even more like that now. You know, they'll still find you. They'll still invite you to a camp. So everybody gets caught up with the draft, and I don't. I don't think they should. You know, there's guys that are playing with Matt right now that have not been drafted. Have not. I have to think someone's going to sign them. These yeah. are good hockey players that developed from the time they were 21, 22, and 23. Late bloomers. They didn't. They weren't at 18 and 19. They weren't even on radar screens. So that should send a message that your hockey's not over. Right. The only way you make it is by decisions you make. So sometimes it's over if you. You know, don't pick the university, you know, because yeah. if you yeah. don't play, you know, you either go to NCAA or you go junior and then play university okay. afterwards. People say the university, Canada, Canadian kids don't get picked. They get picked. They get picked. It's not the same level. They've had their chance a little bit, but they're they're still getting combed over now. There are still kids going to camps and so forth and more and more every year. Well, look at a guy like Brendan Saunier, for example. He was playing major midget. He, I think he barely cracked the squad. He was like five foot eight. Cut and then, from the mo- he got cut from midget his first yes. year. Yes, and now look at him. He's like he's massive. He's big, strong. It just took him a little little while longer to really like define his game. You know what I mean? He, it's a perfect example. He is a really nice kid. And I mean, tough as nails. Yep. During the season, he reached out like when Matt was hurt. How's he doing? I said, you know, good. Send me a couple. He sent a couple of his fights. He was so fired. He's always fired up, Fire always on. positive. And I guess that's what I'm getting to. He's not on a radar screen. He just signed with an American Hockey League team in Philadelphia, I think, mm-hmm. or Hershey or somewhere. Yeah. Because he texted me. But there's a guy that is not very big, heart of a lion, <laughs> and consistent. 
Good day, bad day. Shows he's up. He's fighting you. Good day, bad day. He's hitting you. Good day, bad day. He's going to be hard to play against. That's hard to do. And, and I'm not even going to guess. You know, what do you get, 10 goals a year? You know, something like that. You yeah. can't, you can't, you can find 20 goal scorers, 30 goal scorers. It's hard to find that one kid, and especially a kid like that who, who ends up backing it up. And you think a guy like me wants to fight a little snot like that? Nope. He'd kill me. I remember seeing it to Ryan Vandenbush one time. He was in our dressing room one time. He played with us. I said, but I never go near you. I said, you, you look like you're a little kid. Like, and yet, these are heavyweights. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or heavy, they throw like them, you know? But I, I love the fact that he got gets, gets contracts and so forth because he's almost what everybody should be looking at. It's the epitome is, of, of hard yeah, work. Not necessarily the Marshawns. Marshawns and Crosby, we can't be that. Yeah. No. But I got to think, and I don't mean it in any way, I mean it in a positive direction. There are a lot of kids out there that could be that. <laughs> they yeah. just don't want to make those sacrifices. Right. Yeah. Like that guy's, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of courage in that body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. He was tiny too. Like he's, he's, I mean, he's six feet at least now and he's, he's worked at getting bigger and stronger. And I mean, every time I see him, he's either biking or he's doing something to better his game or Improve whatever. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess my original point was in the sixth round of the year you got taken was a guy named Brett Hull which is pretty crazy to me because obviously he's a Hall of Famer and a legend, and it just like goes to show that, like you said, that's just your opportunity. It doesn't matter if you didn't get taken in the first round or you, d you got taken in the 12th round. That's your, your first stepping stone, and now what are you willing to do to, to make the team? Yep, and I get it. He may not be the hardest worker, but he's got a gift. Mm -hmm. You know, He's got a gift, and he can score, he can shoot. And we played against him when he was in Moncton. He was in the minors. And the scary thing was, he was a big, strong, strapping kid, but you could abuse him. He didn't do anything. He didn't fight back, didn't, didn't do anything. didn't see you. But I can tell you, at the end of the game, you were looking at him going, okay, geez, that kid just got four points. <laughs> you know, and, and two of them right under the bar, right? Yeah, yeah. from one yeah. knee. But there's a guy that's just, nothing was going to stop. He's a gift. It's like this, a sackic, you know what I mean? I'm not mm. saying they don't work. They do. But when you have a gift and work hard, yeah. you know, oh. that's like, yeah. You know, you're shooting two barrels, right? Absolutely. It's a recipe yeah. for success. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, if you go with it, a lot of kids with a ton of skill don't work that hard because things are easy for them. The kids that don't have as much skill tend to work a little harder. It's like that in every every walk of life. Yeah, we could. I know exactly. I, That's I could elaborate I on that a lot, but yeah. I'm not going to. But, it, yeah. It's, it's, if, it's if, true if, of it in yeah, every life. Yeah, you see yeah. kids. I see kids that are academic, like A students in high school. They come here and don't do very well. Well, I get a kick out of the school as well. He's not doing very good. So I look back and I'll go, well, here, you let these five kids go come in on academic probation. Okay, I had to beg <laughs> you to put them in there. Three of the five are academic all-Canadian. The other two graduated. Like put some of the, and this is what I always used to ask senior, put the onus on me to make sure they get through school. Oof. Because I don't think these universities are, are understanding. That the, it's these kids need a chance to go to school. Just yeah. give them the chance to go to yeah. school. You know, but again, the guys that got A's came here and they didn't have good study habits. The guys that came here terrified, you know, because they were going to fail out on academic probation. I mean, I used to tell guys they're on academic probation. Just you know, to get, just it to get them, them fired yeah. up. Yeah. They yeah. put out a, an effort and all of a sudden, next thing you know, they actually liked it. They actually went from hating school to not doing well to liking school and going on and doing a great yeah. and, and doing great, yeah. great things for the program and everybody. Right. Yeah. So it, the yeah, opportunity. That's all. Yeah. It boils down to it. The opportunity, opportunity, and willing to seize it and make the sacrifice mm -hmm. the right time. But I mean, you've been there. I've been there. How many times have you look? Oh man, why did I? Sh <laughs> I should have just done this, man. It was there was my chance, and you look back, it's so obvious, but you didn't see it then. You right. said, yeah. it weren't worth, worth hindsight. Yeah, 
Yeah. So you kind of wake up. Story of my life. Yeah, yeah. Why did I have that? Why did I say one more? Shit. Yeah, we've all been there, but that's like life. You're always, it's always so full of regret, you know, a lot of them. And that's what I try and tell my kids and the players is don't, but regret is you can break a leg, you're eight weeks or whatever. You know, if you're, if you feel like you haven't made the right choices, that lasts in your mind forever. Missed opportunities. That's just human. Stiney, we'll end it on that. Thank you very much for coming. We uh, we need you back. Definitely. You're retired now, so. Anytime. I'm pretty much free, unless it's really sunny out. <laughs> unless, <laughs> At least yeah. he's honest, though. Like, most people would be like, yeah, I'm good that day. And then the sun comes, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't make it now. Yeah. But we know you're not going to be No, I'm yeah. free. I guess. <laughs> There's no, no line. We yeah. know where you are. You're, you're here. No, I appreciate it, and I think you guys do a great job. And like I say, I love listening to all the, 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 the local kids around because they all have such a great story to tell. Yeah, and yeah, they're cool. so excited, eh? They're, oh, yeah. the, oh, full yeah. of life. Yep. So I love it. All right, everyone listening, thank you very much for tuning in. Once again, Steiny, dudes. Yeah, it was great. We're out, boys and girls listening. Thanks. See ya. There is nothing that is wrong in wanting you to stay. Got somewhere to go, but won't you make yourself at home and stay with me? And don't you ever leave? Lay down, Sally, and rest here in my arms. Don't you think you want someone to talk to? Lay down, Sally, no need to leave so soon. I've been trying all night long just to talk. I'm trying all
转。